0: Hey there, it's Michelle. I've hand-selected some of my favorite interviews to rerun for you this summer. I hope you enjoy the episodes. Let's get into
1: the show. I worked full-time all during the day, came home, dinner, homework, you know, typical mom stuff. And then when they were, you know, settled for the night or went off to bed, that was when I started building. And I would work every single night from usually about 7.30 till about 11 every night. And then I would work on the weekends, every Saturday and Sunday morning, I would wake up about 6, 6.30, you know, and I'd work in, during that quiet time in the morning before the boys would get up. And that's how I built it, you know, just one foot in front of the other day by day and, and just built it and built it and built it.
0: Hey there, it's Michelle, and welcome back to the show. I have such a fun one lined up for you today. It's really inspiring, and I loved my guest's personality, and I'm excited to get into it with you today. So joining us today is Anna DiGilio, who's gone from teaching seven-year-olds to being featured in Forbes magazine for building a seven-year-old figure education company in just a few short years. Now, what's fun about her story is that Anna started her company as a side gig, just hoping to make a little extra money to buy her Starbucks or maybe to help pay for some bills. And instead, what happened was that she was able to build and scale her company from the ground up through pure determination, hard work, and by devouring hundreds of books, podcasts, and online courses. I mean, she's never taken a single business class, but she realized she had such a passion for what she was doing that this is where her heart led her. So it's a great story. You can find the show notes at thegoodlifecoach.com. You can leave a comment about the show And while you're there, I'd love to invite you to join our community where I send a weekly email out every Wednesday, just once a week with the week's episode. Plus if I've written something, I might share that with you or just touch base with the community in some way. And when you sign up, you actually get a free copy of my book, Design a Life You Love, A Woman's Guide to Living a Happier and More Fulfilled Life. So I would love to give you that free gift. It's a $10 value on Amazon, but you'll get the ebook right in your inbox. I'm so excited to share Anna's story with you. So let's get into the show. Welcome, Anna. I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an
1: honor to be here, so thank you.
0: Well, it sounds like you have a very inspiring story to share, and I'd love it if you could just jump right in. How did you go from teacher to seven-figure entrepreneur and showing up in Forbes.
1: How did that come about? (laughs) Oh, wow. It's a a story, that's for sure. (laughs) So basically, I was a second grade teacher for 23 years and I only left the classroom three years ago. So I built my business while working as a full-time teacher. So uh, it's very, very new me leaving the classroom. Uh, It started eight years ago. I was online doing a Google search for something that I was interested in doing in my classroom. And I was just searching for something. And then I found this site called Teachers Pay Teachers. It's like an eBay for teachers or an Etsy for teachers. It's a marketplace where teachers sell their lesson plans and activities. And I was like, oh my gosh, people are selling their lesson plans. I was like, I could totally do this. So I hopped on two days later and I posted my first PDF digital download, which was um, a math activity that I created for my classroom. And two days later, someone purchased it, or three days later, someone purchased it, and I was hooked. And from that moment on, I just started creating all of my resources and kind of packaging them really nicely and really giving teachers what they needed to create engaging lessons that really excited the children in their classrooms. And that's kind of how it started and I just started building up my um, my products one after the other after the other, and by the second year of doing this, I was making basically the same as my teaching salary. By the second year, yeah, wow. it, it, it went it went pretty pretty quickly. So by the second year, I was making basically my teaching salary, and I just. Kept doing it, you know, one foot in front of the other. So whatever I was doing in my classroom, you know, if I was teaching a unit on matter or weather, I decided I would make something to go along with it and then I would sell it and teachers would buy it and do it in their classrooms. And that's how this all kind of started. And when I realized that I actually had a business on my hands, because in the beginning, it really wasn't about creating a business, it was like, wow, maybe I could pay for my Starbucks or, you know, pay a bill. (laughs) (laughs) So when I realized I had an actual business on my hands, I was like, okay, I think I need to learn about business. So that's when I just started diving into just Hundreds of books, courses, podcasts to learn about business. I never took a business course. You know, I went to school for education. My undergrad and my graduate degree was all education. So, um, so learning about you know growing, building, and then of course now where I am now in terms of scaling our business was all new to me, and um, that's where I am right now. Okay, so you're three years in. Well, no, no, no. We, I started the business eight years ago. Okay. Um, so I started in two. It was really the end of 2013 I started.
0: Okay. And, um, you know, Within two three years, years you hit, though, is when you were really at scale's.
1: Yeah. No, uh, it was going, going back four years ago. Four years ago was when we really, really, really started skyrocket. to scale and skyrocket the business. Yeah. That was when I brought recurring revenue and a subscription model into, into the business. That was really what took me from you know one-off products and one-off sales to really creating a, a very scaled business model using the subscription model. And that was really what helped to scale us.
0: Okay. And so when you started, you were basically... Creating these lesson plans, so you kind of worked once, but used it twice,
1: right? Oh, you used, used it thousands and thousands well, that, of times,
0: <laughs> right? Well, because people were buying it, and I, yes. I mean, people can't see you, but um, you're in a beautiful office. It sounds like you said you meant you noted that you had packaged it beautifully. My guess is you have a nice sense of aesthetics, and maybe you had done a good job of like also really making it beautiful and appealing, maybe so you you stood out
1: of the, the pack a bit maybe? or um, Possibly, what you possibly, you know, a lot of teachers actually do what I did, you know, I mean, they were already on the platform before I even got there. Right. So there are many teachers that are selling their teaching resources online. You know, I just always had a creative eye. I loved, you know, design and, you know, I just like that part of it. I'm more of a creative person. So that was easy for me, you know, creating something fun and engaging for kids that was also eye catching and made the kids excited to learn about it and do it always trying to put a spin on typical learning in the classroom. You know, I just, I didn't enjoy giving my kids like a worksheet and saying, you know, here this, fill this out. That just was never my style as a teacher. I always liked bringing in creative activities and lessons and just something different that just added a complete spin on a typical boring lesson that it might be. Just adding something really engaging for the kids to be like, wow, this is so cool. I love it. And that was when I created two different product lines. I created a line called Flip Flat Books and I created a line of activities called Tabits. So it was just a different format of a regular lesson, but the kids loved it. And that was kind of how I feel like I've built my business because I created product lines. And then I was, I started to be known for those product lines.
0: Well, that's what I was wondering too. I mean, it seems like you did something that made you stand out to the point because the teachers are the, the, people who bought the product, right? It was other teachers who bought it. So they're like, oh, this is beautiful. I'd love to present this to my kids. The kids going, I'm loving this. They're like, well, I guess I'm going to go back and see what else Anna's got going on. And right. And then they told other friends, you got to figure in a school system and then you have. Correct. And so it kind of,
1: right. Would you agree with this in terms of the growth? Oh, definitely. That's exactly what happens. You know, once they see, you know, they were getting materials from a veteran teacher, someone that has been in the teaching world for years and years and years. So I knew what was engaging to students. And I also knew what best practices were in classroom instruction and how to ensure that we were not only making it fun and engaging, but there was real rigor behind it, you know, real learning, you know, deeper learning, not just surface learning, but deeper learning behind it. And I think teachers saw, that part of it because it was coming from an experienced teacher. And I think that that was how I started to create, you know, kind of like my audience of teachers that followed me, you know, because they saw the rigor in the lessons. It wasn't just a cute worksheet, you know, it was rigor and and plus the fun and engagement part of it. And I think that that's why it helped me grow so quickly.
0: Okay. So this is such a good story. Now, I know you have twins. Where along this road were, were they?
1: Were yeah, they, they little? Were, were they, they not around were, yeah. yet? Okay, they yeah. were only uh, t- 10 or 11 years old when I started my business. Okay. So that's where they were. Now they're in their second year of college. So, you know, we've come a long way. But, but like I said, I built this, you know, I worked full-time all di- during the day, came home, dinner, homework, you know, typical you know, mom stuff. And then when they were, you know, settled for the night or went off to bed, that was when I started building and I would work every single night from usually about 7.30 till about 11 every night. And then I would work uh, on the weekends, every Saturday and Sunday morning, I would wake up about 6, 6.30, you know, and I'd work in, during that quiet time in the morning before the boys would get up. And that's how I built it, you know, just one foot in front of the other day by day and and just built it and built it and built it. And And that's how I did it.
0: That's some serious hard work there. And I'm wondering what drove you? What drove you? Like, did you just have a sense or did you you just have so much fun doing it? Like something was motivating you. Was it the creative piece of it? Like what was driving you to work from 7.30 at night to 11 and then on weekends? I mean, you clearly something lit a fire within you that excited you about this.
1: Absolutely. I honestly think it was a combination of things because remember in the beginning, I wasn't making a ton of money, right? It was really fun for me. It was really a creative outlet for me. Mm. So, you know, I was always, like I said, I always had that creative, you know, part to me. So this was a creative outlet for me and it directly connected to what I was doing every day because I would, you know, sit home and lesson plan at night, you know, for what I was ever going to, what I was going to teach in my classroom that week or that next day. So I would make sure it was, amazing and exciting and engaging and then once i made it you know once i created it for my classroom and i used it with my kids and they loved it i would then sell it and and i knew it was great because it worked in my own classroom and so that was just the creative outlet of it and then when i realized that wow this is an actual business i have on my hands that's creating real revenue and real profit that can really help my family that was also very uh, exciting for me, and and really made me say, like, I-, "I need to go for this. I need to really make this an actual business. and And, you know, I was already putting my whole heart into it. but I realized that this was a profit generating business that I was in. And so that even pushed me even more because when you think about it, when you think about teachers, you think about teachers not making a lot of money. I live in New York. So the cost of living here is extremely, extremely expensive. Yes. You know, so that was part of it. I always had two jobs. My husband's a firefighter. He's always had two jobs. So this was typical for us to, you know, to have always have a side hustle kind of thing. Um, so it that was kind of kind of normal for us And when I saw the revenues that I was generating I was like wow, this can really be something So that just made me even give it even more of my energy and more of my time
0: You know, what's cool is that your curiosity you just stumbled upon the etsy for teachers didn't even realize (laughs) it it existed And you're like, oh, I can do this and put something out there and then it's it grew organically We talk a lot about that on the show when you get that inner voice or that hit of an idea and you get excited about it, what happens when you actually pursue it? And you're a beautiful example of what possibly could happen. Yeah. Um, so at what point where you're like, okay, uh, I love a teaching. Cause that must've been a hard decision after 23 years, or at that point, maybe it was a f- you know, even longer than that. And you're walking away from you know, your classroom. Like tell, take us into that part of the story.
1: Yeah, that was actually a very, very, very difficult decision for me because I wanted to be a teacher since I was five years old. I mean, that was my entire life's calling. I knew from five years old, you know, you go through life, oh, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this. No, I was five. I was going to be a teacher and that was it through high school, through college, everything. That was my goal. That was my path. That was my plan. And it runs very, very deep inside of me. That teaching is something that, I don't know. I feel like it defines me. You know, I, it's just so deep in my blood and something I care so deeply about and being with kids while it, while it it has its challenges and it's difficult and it's hard when you see a child learn something that you taught them and they, and they love you for it. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's something that you can't even replicate. Even if you tried it really, Mm -hmm. it was, it was just, Who I was, you know, so when, when I did decide that it was time to leave, you know, at this point, again, I'm making five, six, seven times my teaching salary at this point, right? Even more at that point, when I decided to leave, and, and it was a very, very, very difficult decision because you know I was leaving a pension. Don't forget, I was twenty three years in, so I was leaving a pensionable job. So I left a job with a full pension. I mean, I'll get part of my pension when I officially, you know, retire. But you know, I left a pension job. You know, like wow. people don't do that. <laughs> they don't. They don't do that. No, no people don't do that. You no, know? and and I left that. And leaving the kids was definitely the hardest part because sure. I truly missed that. Like. I miss sitting around a table and teaching six kids how to read. I miss all of that. I really do. That is the part of it I miss the most.
0: Wow. I can imagine that's hard. Kids, the way yeah. that yeah, that they can fill your cup from just like you said, lighting up or getting a concept that you taught them. And you never forget your elementary school teachers. Do you know that? Like if you look back, never. I can I can list from K what you know, kindergarten to fifth grade. Beyond that, I might remember a teacher here and there.
1: Yes, I remember all of my teachers in in elementary school. Every single one of them. Every we do because yes. so,
0: that's how impactful you are in a, a child's life. So I totally um, agree. Thank you for your twenty three yeah. plus years and now what you're doing. But um, okay, you. so this is this is cool. So you said when you were five, you knew. Yeah. How did you know at five? And how did that show up? You said consistently through middle school, high school, you never veered off. What did yeah. that mean? Were you the kid who just Wanted to play teacher or <laughs> yes,
1: I want to, I, I'm so glad you asked me this question because I, I and I have to, I'm going to have to control myself from crying, but honestly, every Sunday morning, my dad, he passed away about 18 years ago, but my dad, every Sunday morning would take me to, it was called the candy store. Um, but he would go and get the New York times and the post and he'd read the papers every Sunday. So I would go with him every Sunday and he'd take me there and he would allow me to get something every Sunday, a Sunday, buy something. And I wasn't buying candy. I would buy the teacher lesson plan book and the, I'm not even joking, and the the, the index cards. And he would let me buy the 64 count Crayola crayons. Like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> Every Sunday, he would let me pick out one thing at the at the candy store, and I literally every time I bring this up, I could cry because th- that is one of my fondest memories of of doing something with my dad every Sunday morning. And we would I'd bring home every Sunday something else from my classroom, and I would bring out my mother's ironing board in the in the in the basement, and I would be teacher. Oh, you had to see it! I had a whole setup on the ironing board, and I'm telling you, from that point on, I'm. I was a teacher from that point on and it never, I never once veered off of that path.
0: It's funny. I wonder what life would have been like for you if YouTube was around or something like that where you had, you know, you could have started your own channel and. I probably would have. You probably <laughs> would have because that was just a part of who you were. And did you have a stuffed animal set up? Like who was your class? Oh, forget
1: about it. All of the dolls, all of the stuffed animals. And when my friends came over, they were my students as well. They were never teacher. I was a little bossy back then. You know, they were the kids, they were the students. I was the teacher. Clearly
0: (laughs) I'm the teacher, not you. Well, talk about how we'll get into some of the success failure stuff, but tell us how are you teaching now? Because it's clear that you haven't really left that part of you because that would almost be like... Killing off a part of your soul—it sounds like it was somebody, right? So it's did, so
1: true. Yes. Okay,
0: so how have you kept that part of you alive?
1: You know, I am. I do have a YouTube channel, so I do um, <laughs> YouTube. I do, which is quite funny. I actually post YouTube videos on my YouTube channel for teachers, teaching them how to teach their students certain skills and strategies for math and reading, and even though students aren't in front of me, it really gives me that joy. And to be honest, I work sometimes with my niece and my nephew and we'll do, I'll do zoom calls with them and I'll do reading with them. I actually worked just a couple weeks ago with, with five boys. They were going into third grade and I did a live zoom, uh, reading lesson because teachers were asking me, I don't know how to do this. How do I teach reading virtually? What do I do? So I brought on five boys that were going into third grade. And I was like, okay, you're with me for an hour and I'm going to teach you a reading lesson. And they're like, all right, let's do it. One of them was my nephew. And then he brought on four of his friends and I taught them a reading lesson that I was able to then share with teachers and say, this is how you can do it. This is how a virtual reading lesson would look because with COVID right now, teachers are, you know, mostly online, mostly teaching remotely. I mean, some districts are, of course, are back in person, but many, many teachers are, you know, fully remote. So, and they were really struggling. So, um, so i brought on their boys and, and we did a, we did an hour long reading lesson and it was, oh my goodness, it was so much fun. I, I was like a little kid teaching them this lesson. Aww, it was just fun.
0: I love that. Well, you've got great energy. I imagine you were like one of the favorite teachers, like,
1: yay. <laughs> I loved what I did. And I think that that's, I think that just came out in my personality because I truly loved teaching. So well, you were
0: clearly born to do it. We, we, there's like no question. I mean, you don't go to the candy store with your dad and pick up, you know, the teacher's manual. No.
1: Yes, <laughs> exactly. I literally, you have to see, I, I mean, I still have some of these plan books packed in a box up in my attic from, you know, we're talking 35 years ago, you know, 38 um, years ago. It's crazy.
0: I love it. Well, okay, so... On your trajectory then, how did you, how did, so you kept scaling. So let's talk about that pivotal, pivotal point where you were like, okay, I am leaving my job. Uh, I'm more than making a living at this. Like I'm, accept, like this is big. Right. Take us into what was happening there and what you learned about how to scale your company.
1: Well at the when I started to talk to my husband about leaving the classroom and it it might be time to do that. I mean it was a it was like a two year conversation. This wasn't just an overnight mm-hmm. conversation. You know, and he is very very conservative, you know, he we he saves every dime he has. You know, that's just the kind of guy he is. He's not a spender, that kind of thing. And when I said to him, you know, I want to do this, he was very nervous because again, you I was leaving a pension, right? Mm-hmm. So He was very nervous about it. I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. What if I create a way that we know for sure we're going to have a certain amount of money coming in every month? Would you feel comfortable? Even though I was already making five times my teaching salary, that that comfort of knowing I was getting that paycheck from school made him feel comforted, you know, even though I was making five times that in my company. Wow, wow. He was like, okay, if I knew you would for sure make this much every month, I think I'd feel okay with it. And before I go on, I don't want to say to you, I needed his permission because I didn't, but we're a team, you know?
0: (laughs) Of course. No, because actually if you, if you have a different risk tolerance than he does,
1: yes, which I do for the sake
0: of clearly for the sake of your relationship and your partnership. Yes. I think that it's important to be able to support one another otherwise resentment can develop. And the fact that you were making five times the amount and he, you knew him enough to know that he needed to see regular, you know, income coming in. So what, did you, so what did you do?
1: And so when I said that to him, he goes, yeah, that would make me feel better if I know you were going to make this much every month because I was basically making the same amount every month. But, you know, some months were a little higher, some months were a little lower, you know, typical yeah. sales, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so that was when I learned about subscription sites and recurring revenue. And I started to, of course, you know, I'm just a learner by nature. So I dug into that. Every book, you name it, I've read it on memberships, recurring revenue. And then, of course, I took a, a course online um, by a gentleman named Stu McLaren, who is has been my business coach for years, um, he's the one who really helped me catapult my business because he's like, Anna, you have a perfect opportunity here to create a subscription site, to create recurring revenue in your business. And you'll never have to say, well, this month I'm going to make this much. And this month I'm going to make this much. I mean, you'll definitely always have churn and attrition in your members. Absolutely. That's part of it. But, I knew that if I launched a membership site, I would know, okay, we are going to make $50,000 per month every single month or $60,000 per month, every single month, give or take, you know, you know, a few dollars here and a few dollars there with attrition. And that was when my business really catapulted. When I launched a subscription-based membership for teachers, that was when we catapulted into seven figures. So um, it was it was right away. It was immediate, you know, because I already had, you know, I had an audience already of teachers buying my resources and materials. This was just an easy place for them to get everything on a monthly basis, inexpensively. So, you know, you're dealing with volume at this point, you know, we're talking about lower cost and volume. And that was exactly what catapulted me into the seven figure mark.
0: Okay. So let's break this down for people who are like, that sounds great. I'd like that too. Let's first (laughs) explain, can you define what a subscription model is? And is it the same thing as a membership?
1: Basically the same thing. There are different types of subscription models. It depends on what model you are providing, whether it might, it might be like a product, you know, like those fab fit fun boxes, right? You know, that's actually a subscription box. So you're giving them a product. You know, for me, I did something called a UPS style, which was providing them with digital PDF downloads every month. So that's what I was giving them. I was giving them science lessons, social studies, language, writing, reading lessons, math lessons. So I was providing lessons for them every single month for a low monthly price. So we just delivered, I delivered them every month and they got to download them every month. And then we had a Facebook group. So there was definitely community involved, you know, building a community of teachers that could help each other and support each other. I was always there to offer, you know, advice and, you know, tips and strategies that they could use in their classroom. So that's what a subscription model is. It could be product-based, or it could be like digital downloads. It could also be like, you know, you do a podcast, right? It could also be sharing your knowledge with um, other with your audience in a subscription model where you're going live, you know, once a week or a couple of times a month where you're sharing knowledge with them or a coaching program. Those are all different types of subscription-based models where you're being paid every single month on a recurring basis. And that's basically what it is.
0: Okay. I think it's important for those people who, you know, just to have a clear understanding of what we're talking about. And yeah. then um, when did you pull from that Etsy for Teachers
1: Market? What was it called? What was it called? It's called Teachers Pay Teachers. That's what it's called. Teachers, and, I'm, and I'm and okay. I'm still selling there. You know, I have multiple, multiple revenue streams in my business now. I see you're so you're smart. Okay. <laughs> tell yeah, tell so us I about still those. Okay. Yeah, so I still there. Sell. Yes, yeah. I still sell there. You know, my my and and one thing to know is something important also for your listeners is that I started there, but that was someone else's platform. That was someone else's customer base. And they were buying from me, but I knew nothing about my customers. I didn't have their email addresses. I didn't know who they were. I wasn't able to market to them. So really what I was doing was building someone else's business. Yes, of course, I was profiting, profiting from that but I didn't own my business on there. I didn't own it. And what also made me switch to my, my, my membership site was when they changed the algorithm one day Mm. and they changed the algorithm for search. And my sales went way, way, way down one day. And I was like, Whoa, what just happened? Mm. How did that, you don't go from here to here in one day, something happened. And then I found out there was an algorithm change. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I couldn't allow my destiny and my revenue and my profit and rely on someone else's property to make sure that's the kind of money I was bringing in. And that was another reason why I decided to build my own platform, build my own audience, build my own email list. And that was something that was very jarring to me that made me realize you need to own your own property. You know, you need to own your own email list. So that was one other thing that happened.
0: Well, that's a gift in disguise because you do want to own that. And so, how did yes. you, because you said you had your audience, how did you develop, how did you grow an audience from that platform since they owned that list, if you will? So, how did you
1: do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I always was, um, posting on Teachers Pay Teachers all the time. And I really built my business on there. And as people started to get to know me, then they would come over to my business, my business Facebook page. So I would go live on my business Facebook page. I did Free trainings for teachers on my Facebook page. I would do webinars or typical webinars, but I would do them live on Facebook. That was a huge list builder for me, and it created a lot of like, no trust, right? What right. everyone started to get to know me, to like me, to trust me, trust trust what I was teaching them. Then I would create private Facebook groups. So I have multiple, multiple private Facebook groups with thousands and thousands of teachers in them. Now, again, this didn't happen overnight. Wait,
0: you have multiple. Why do you have multiple groups? Just out of curiosity, just for. Different- different subjects? Yeah.
1: I have different groups because I, and, and would I do that now? Absolutely not. Now okay, I would okay. do just one, okay. but I did, you know, when you're growing your business and you really don't have a path laid out and you start to grow it, you know, you kind of branch off into little different directions thinking, Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'll do this. And as entrepreneurs, we tend to, you know, follow the shiny object, which I definitely did multiple times. <laughs> And, um, but knowing what I know now, and where I am now, I wish I would have known it then because now I've completely niched down. I'm only focusing on reading. And that made me launch my brand new membership site called guided readers. And that is our 100% focus. All the time, so we're now we're just focusing on reading, reading development, reading instruction, and that's what we focused on with our new membership site, which is an ed tech platform that launched last August.
0: Okay, so again, just to help the women understand in case they want to do something similar, but might be in a different industry you know maybe they're not teachers doing this but maybe they're selling something else you basically took the audience not took but invited them because yes. i assume your bio and website sounds like or your facebook business facebook page was listed on that teacher site yes and then you you organically through service value yes. add showing up consistency if i'm Correct. hearing you correctly yeah and you you delivered and so the trust built and people once that happens they want more Yes, right, and so you kept delivering, and so at some point, you. Why did you transition to the readers only?
1: Yeah, so basically, we were scaling very, very quickly with our uh, with our first membership site, and it was was wonderful, and it was terrific, and it was great, but knowing you know, I'm 48 years old. So <laughs> I thinking about retirement in the next five or six years, you know, and I was thinking about my business model. And now that I knew where I was in business, I really needed to take a step back and think a little bit more strategically about my business model and how this was going to sustain me in retirement. I mean, of course, I was always building my retirement fund. But I was really thinking more long-term and thinking about how I could change my business model to then serve me when it does come time to really retire. And I wanted to build something that was able to be sold. So that's why I decided to niche down and create just something based on reading. So with the hopes of one day of maybe being acquired by a larger publishing company or a larger educational company. And that was the reason that we decided to niche down into reading. Not only that, reading was always my absolute favorite, favorite subject to teach. I was very passionate about teaching reading. And that's kind of how that came to be. And my first membership site was everything. And all it was kind of like I was serving everyone and every and doing everything. And yeah. you know when they say when you're talking to everyone, you're talking, you're
0: talking to, no to no one? one. Yeah. You niche.
1: Yeah. And while it was very profitable, very, very profitable, I was really trying to think more long-term strategy of where my life was going and thinking about retirement and can this be sold in the future, you know, or acquired in the future, and that was when I decided to niche down uh, to just focus on reading, and we built a brand new website called Guided Readers, where we serve teachers, uh, teachers, school districts, and we also serve parents as well. As once COVID hit, we pivoted and started helping parents at home with their own children and reading. Is it a
0: national model? I just don't know how it if it if there's different curriculum based on state or whatever.
1: Well, there are different uh, state standards for each. Not Most states uh, use the common core state standards. There are 12 or 13 states that have their own standards, but all the standards, and Texas also, but all the standards are basically the same. They're just worded differently. So it's (laughs) national, it's a national platform? Definitely. Yeah. We're actually not, we're all over the United States, but we're international as well. I mean, people in Canada, I have a ton of customers, Canada, Australia, UK, South Africa. So so it's
0: international. Okay. So at some point you had a longer term vision. Talk to us about when you brought in, you talked about Stu McLaren Support systems because every seven figure entrepreneur has been on has had a coach has had the support systems have had the groups They're not going it alone. And I think there's a tendency to go it alone. Can you speak to this?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, that was a very big, um Kind of change in my business mindset um, because when I met Stu and I entered his, um, you know his world and I took his course And then I went into his mastermind and he became my coach. Again, that was what helped me change my mindset in terms of business strategy, business growth and scaling a business. When I was with, when I first started working with him, I was still the only person in my business. Plus I had a VA, a virtual assistant. That was it. I had a developer that worked on my site, but it was just contractor, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't like I had a team. It was still me creating absolutely everything. And I would go, and I, I remember this. I remember going to my first mastermind meeting and he was like, Anna, you need to build a team. And I'm like, absolutely not. Nobody can do what I do. Nobody, Right. Right, right. right. And it's it's a huge mindset shift. You know, yeah, now I have a huge, huge team. Yeah, I have a huge team. That, how big's that's, your team? How big? How so big? Is- I have Ten people on my team right now, and then we have some other um, contractors that are actually international contractors. So, um, so yeah, so we have a much larger team now. I just actually hired a new development team because I needed a development team now, just not a developer because we're serving like hundreds of thousands of students every day. And so we needed to really bring on more of a team to support that, that scale and that growth uh, for the, especially for the traffic coming to the site.
0: Okay. So what part of it did you maintain then? Obviously the vision, the strategy, is it the development of the curriculum? I mean, what, just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah. I actually developed all of the curriculum. And so once I brought on like different teachers and I brought on a publishing manager, you know, they take care of all of it, making it into a book, bringing in the illustrations. So I had the overall vision and I created the first The whole first iteration of what we have, I created on my own. And then as new people came on, they would, you know, they would say, oh, we should add this and we should add this. And now we have this just incredible platform that I created with the help of other teachers and, uh, of course, my publishing manager and my assistant. You know, we work together and, and. We do a really great job creating really engaging um, and, and culturally, culturally responsive books. Oh, that's nice. Um, you know, and really, we, we really strive to work on diversity in our books and our characters. And because we want our students, I call them our students, <laughs> yeah, which, which they are as you're a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. We want them to see themselves in our books that we create. So yeah. it's really important for us that we have that vision as a team together.
0: I think that's part of your success though, Anna, is that you do think of these kids as yours, even I though do. you're not,
1: yeah. So you're writing to
0: like your kids, like the kids you taught for 23 years.
1: Yes, that's, it's so true. When I'm yeah. creating something, I, that's what I'm thinking of, like how of I would have done are. it in my classroom and what my kids would have said to me. Like it's, it's absolutely true.
0: That's why it's resonating. And that's why it's doing so well, because it's, it's not somebody just like, let me think about what a lesson plan, you know, you're thinking about the kids and what you, what they actually need, which is fantastic. Right. Um, all right. But let's talk about, so when you make that investment <clears throat> and I'm calling it an investment, my guess is mentoring with somebody like Stu, w- was an investment?
1: Oh, yes. It was the biggest investment I had ever made up until that point in my business. Um, <clears throat> I remember the day I made the, you know, the investment of working with a coach and I was like, I can't even believe I'm about to write this check. For someone to give me advice, like I still remember the day that i that I wrote out the check, and it it literally was the turning point it was literally the turning point of my business, yeah when I learned that other people can coach you and teach you things that you don 't know that you don 't know you know what i 'm saying you don 't know what oh you don 't know <laughs> and and the thought of having someone coach me and pay them that much money to do that was my husband thought I was absolutely crazy. (laughs) I'm surprised
0: you told. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't know how much it was. I just know that a lot of these people with, you know, big, they're out, they've been out there a while and- Yes. We're talking, you know,
1: a couple of tens of thousands of dollars. I figured as
0: much. I figured as much.
1: It's a very big investment, but I really looked at it as investing in myself. And I was like, you know, I know I'm not going to just take this information and do nothing with it, if I take it and use it and put it into action, I know what it's going to create for me and for the, you know, education, you know, as a whole. And that was kind of, I just kind of stepped into the fear because, and and I have to say, that's probably the biggest thing I learned from my whole journey was that the moment you really step into that fear, the other side has the most incredible things you ever could have imagined. Just the moment you step into it, it's unbelievable what 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 happens on the other side of that. It really is. Because that's what I did. I just stepped into the fear. It's going to be okay. You can do this and you're going to learn from it. And it's going to be you know a game changer in your business and your life. And it was.
0: Yeah. And you were fortunate that you did find the right partner.
1: I really, truly believe that investing in a coach is really investing in yourself. It's investing in your own learning. It's investing in what you can take from that coach and then put into action. So I believe it's an investment in yourself, getting a coach to help you along along the way. I didn't know what he was going to teach me, but I knew he was going to get me to another level in my business. Just like these two new coaches are bringing me to other levels in my business that I didn't really know at that point, you know, I didn't really understand how to create a corporate structure for my company. And now we're in the process of creating a a complete corporate structure. We're going to be creating a management level team. I mean, these are things that I I was, I was a second second grade teacher teaching seven-year-olds. And now here I am thinking about how I'm going to create my corporate structure and my management team and, you know, how we're having, you know, a marketing team and we're going to have a sales team. And, you know, so it's, you don't know what you don't know, right? So these coaches that have done it really help you and it's really though investing in yourself.
0: Where does the bigger picture vision versus sort of like where you are today align to direct where you go? So let let me say that in a different way. You talked about wanting to sell the company at some point in six to seven years. So it sounds like that vision is what's driving you to create the corporate structure and figure out all these things so that you're more saleable, right? Like yes. that the company will be way more attractive. You can show the revenues, but the infrastructure will be there, right? Correct. Exactly. But so how much has vision factored into your success? Like, have you just upgraded your vision? You know, I imagine where you started 13 years <laughs> ago to, you know, your, your vision keeps changing. Can you talk about that?
1: Absolutely. And like I said, when I first started my business, it wasn't, I didn't have a vision. I wanted to pay for my Starbucks coffee. I mean, you know, literally that's how this happened, you know? So I went from, you know, wanting to pay for my Starbucks or maybe pay the electric bill or, you know, to to now thinking about how I'm going to, you know, structure my company to more of a corporate entity. So, I didn't have that vision when I first started. It. And the thing about it is you don't you don't have to know the exact path. You don't. You just have to take the next step. And you will find your way through that path. I was listening to something recently, and they were talking about, you know, can you drive from California to New York in the pitch dark? Yes, you can. You just need to see the first 200 feet in front of you, right, with your headlights on. You don't need to know seven miles ahead of you. Right. And I really feel that that's how you should build a business. Yeah. You don't have to know the exact path because sometimes that will, that will, be debilitating. That will make limit you freeze you. and limit yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So I feel that my vision absolutely changed and transformed over the years. There's no doubt about it. When I first started, I wasn't thinking about a corporate entity. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about you know buying Starbucks every morning before I went to work. <laughs> <laughs> a little
0: extra treat. Um, well, let's talk about how important do you think self belief. Being your own champion is to success. Because I think there's a lot of women who start out and they don't get to where you where you're at. And I'm wondering, you know, why why do you think that is? Do you think this is an important piece and what else is what else is missing if they're not getting there? But it seems to me if you don't believe in yourself on some level and champion yourself, you're you're not going to go as far as you could
1: oh 1000%. You know, if you don't have self-belief and you don't have the confidence to say I'm going to give this a try and and also be okay with failing. Failing is not a bad thing. Failing just shows you the way you shouldn't have done it and you've got to try something else. There's nothing wrong with failure, but people are fearful of failure. And that again is debilitating. So I believe you have to have that self-belief that I believe in myself. I believe that if I do the work and I try and I keep going one foot in front of the other, I'll get to where I want to go. And I believe that has to be part it has to be part of you and if it's not, you've got to make it part of you before you take that chance or that leap to going, you know, building a business or wanting to build a business. You've got to have the self-belief that you can do it. Because if you don't, you're kind of going in with, you know, a, a half, you know, I don't want to say the word, but but a plan that isn't really planned out. You know what I'm saying? You've mm-hmm. got to believe that you have the skills to do what you need to do. And the skills that you don't know, it's okay. You can learn them from other people. That's the... That's the 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 beautiful thing about building a company, you could bring in other people that have skills that you don't have. Mm -hmm. And remember, I didn't do that in the beginning, right? It was just me for how many years? Gosh, five years, almost five years. Mm -hmm. It was just me and an assistant, right? So you have to have self-belief and you have to be okay with failure and you have to be okay with stepping into fear and feeling the fear. The fear will just push you forward it will make you succeed that fear is a driver there's no doubt about it thank
0: you that's awesome well let me ask you you had success from the beginning what if you did it would you have kept going like i think there's people out there who wonder like well maybe i'm not on the right path how do you know like if you you know you saw a sale within the first 3 days fine right. but then it really started growing incrementally and it yes. kept going up the trajectory was up yeah, you know, there might have been some higher months and lower months, but clearly there was traction Definitely. So wh- what would you say to somebody though? Who's not seeing anything? Is it not asking the right questions? Is it not finding the right partners? Like what might be the missing piece in that equation?
1: Well, number one, I feel like you have to have passion for what you're doing I think that's very very important because if you don't have a love or a passion for what it is that you're doing or you're setting out to do That will come across You know, I feel like, you know, people say, Oh, I want to start a business. Oh, I want to start a business. And I think that that's important, but you've got to do it in a, in a place or an arena that you really love. It's not just about money. It can't be about money. It really can't. It, it can be at a certain point, but it can't be about money when you're first starting because you won't want to work through the hard times if it's about money and the money is not coming in right? And for me, it was, again, like I said, it was this creative outlet for me when I first started. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was what I enjoyed doing on my free time. I mean, my brother-in-law said to me the other day, you love to work, don't you? And I, I really do. I love working. I love waking up in the morning and going to work, which is in my home. But I love it, and I think that that's important that you create a business based on something you really, truly either care about or have a passion for or love or have a strong, strong knowledge base in, because that is what will get you through those maybe rough patches where revenue is not really coming in or the profits aren't coming in. You'll keep going because you love it.
0: It's awesome. I love this conversation. This is so good. So we talk about success is very personal. How do you define success, Anna?
1: Oh, defining success. For me, the definition of success is happiness in where I am right now and where I am with my family. That's Mm -hmm. happiness. Not feeling stressed, you know, over bills and worried about how that bill will get paid. That to me is success, you know, not, you know, just having love and knowing that we're okay and we can pay our bills and we don't have to worry. That's success to me.
0: Love it. Um... Can you leave the women listening with your three best tips on living a good life?
1: Oh, living a good life. Um, wake up excited to go to work every day. That's so important, especially if it's your own business. And even if it isn't, you know, even if you're going to a nine to five, wake up and, and feel grateful for that business that you're going to or that job you're going to, because it will get you to the next place that you want to go to. So I just say, feel grateful for where you are and and waking up in the morning to do that job that you do. Um, I I think just feeling happy on a daily basis is important. I'm not always happy. Trust me. You seem like you are. (laughs) I'm not always happy. There are days that are stressful, but I really try to find happiness in every one of my days. I think that's so so important just finding happiness in every one of my days. And I feel like over the last, you know, since since covid hit, I feel like one of the things that I think I really realized is that family is absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. I've spent so much time with my family, you know, not that we, we were always a close knit family, but now we're even closer because we're spending so much time together because we're not spending time with everybody else. Totally. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so I would say, you know, really, uh, you know, getting close to people that you love. And um, I, I think that's important to, to being happy and just living a fulfilling life, just feeling close to those people that, that you love so much and making time for them because, In the beginning, I really wasn't making time for family because I was so busy building the business. And you know, this time period really helped me realize that. Thank
0: you. What a beautiful example you are of what's possible.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's and trust me, it's possible for anyone. I'm really, you have to think about it. I went from teaching seven-year-olds all day to This so seven I'm- figures, seven year olds to seven figures. I there love you it. Go.
0: Beth, there yeah. you go. That's your new tagline. I, I, I love it. it. Do you like that? Um, where can people learn more about you and what you do, Anna? Where can I direct them?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So if you're interested in our reading program, either for teachers or parents, you can go to guidedreaders.com. So that's where they can learn about our reading program that we have. And I have also uh, started coaching on the side for, for other entrepreneurs that are interested in, you know, building their business or scaling their business. And they can find my coaching packages and um, how I coach other entrepreneurs at graspyourgoals.com.
0: That's fantastic that you're paying it forward now. I love that. Yeah, you're
1: yeah. Here. You get to
0: teach. Now you're a coach. I love it. Exactly. It's been a blast. Thank you. I wish you continued success. And I look forward to seeing the next Forbes article where you've <laughs> sold your company to whatever, whoever buys educational companies like yours. So
1: oh, I'm- from your mouth to God's ears. Thank you so much. It was truly, truly my pleasure. I thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you.